You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm Michael Edwards, out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. We're in episode 28 now, so you could listen to us every day in February from now on. Just listen to the same episodes back and forth. <laughs> yep. Um, so a little bit of follow-up based on uh, my uh, unfortunate prophecy at the end of last episode where I said I would maintain an Apple Music playlist copy <laughs> until it destroyed it. Well, that happened in the past couple of days. So um, this has turned into a full-blown, I have quit Apple Music, um, dropped it like it's hot. Um, and it was just a, a mounting frustration with... Uh, you know, you'd try to stream a song and it would throw an error message or it seemed way more sensitive to network quality. Like, I don't know if it like only streams at 256. And so if you're on, you know, you're in a weird neighborhood that's not quite as strong, it just says, nope. Whereas Spotify, in my experience, is way more adaptive. It'll, it'll switch its yeah. quality based on your signal. Um, but I could even deal with that. It was more of these show stopping bugs I kept encountering with Apple Music. Um, you know, I click to add a playlist or a song to another playlist or save an album or, you know, set something to be available offline. And it was kind of a crapshoot as to whether or not it would actually happen. It would still do the UI animation of this big, satisfying check mark of like, you did it. <laughs> and then later you would look and stuff would be in random disarray, like, like it had uh, reverted to a previous revision of what your music library was. Um, but the final straw, so all that was annoying. The, the interface is a little complex. We've complained about it before, about too many buttons, and yet somehow not the buttons you want. Um, but the final straw was I signed in, so I reformatted, reformatted my iMac um, to get Windows 10 on a separate um, partition, and I signed into iTunes, and uh, everything freaked out. It was like it didn't know what to do with my existing stuff, like it pulled down my playlist, but it decided that they were just subscriptions of mine. They weren't mine to edit. And so bits and pieces was like this foreign playlist that wasn't mine. And yeah, fuck that. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you were locked out of, out of the shelf of music uh, and records you have in your home because you moved homes. <laughs> Or like some of your CDs showed up only sometimes when you look at the shelves, but not <laughs> not the same ones all the, the quantum time. Quantum shelf of music. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah, sounds kinda, awful. <laughs> yeah, at this point, Apple Music is just kind of a mess, and they they don't deserve to win right now. They might win anyway, but they don't deserve it yet. And yeah. you know, maybe I'll check back in a year or two if people say it's gotten way better, but. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm using Spotify for more than two years now and I'm always, um, yeah, I always say that I'm using Spotify, but it's not without its flaws. And if anyone follows me on Twitter, they know that I like to complain at least one time a day about the UI <laughs> of Spotify, which is horrible in many places and in, in many kinds. But I got to say from the functionality, they they do their job. They do what they're promising. And 
if I want to play a song on Spotify, I can play that. Now I might have to wait a minute for, for the software to start up on Windows. <laughs> Because I don't know what they're loading there in the background. And um, sometimes I got to clear my cache because it's now, I think, eight gigabytes I saw yesterday on my hard drive are cached MP3s. But I mean, if I had downloaded the music, I would have had those on my hard drive anyway. So that's not a big problem. But yeah. for, for now, um, unless they do something really terrible once again with the UI, I mean, that green, that green is really, really ugly now. <laughs> um yeah. So I've uh the one I don't know if you've ever played with or if it's available in Germany. Have you ever used Ardio? Um nope, I've never used that. I can find out if, um, if it's available here. That's one I see people mention a lot as being very well designed, very easy to use, like the best UI of any of them. But it's also like kind of a niche. I mean, it's not like Rhapsody or something. It's like it's pretty good, but mm. Um, I think our our mutual friend Benji uses RDO, so maybe we should ask for his opinion on this. Yeah. On first look, it looks a bit like iTunes, but that may just be because that screenshot was taken on an Apple computer. Um, no, but it's available in Germany, but I've never tried it before. But I think my music's on there. I think I got some plays through that. So <laughs> audio uh, audio is fine in my book. Alrighty. Well, into the show. So we've got some articles here. Um, do you want to tell us about this uh, Prince's latest adventure? <laughs> yeah, we're not really surprised about things that Prince does. Um, but Prince's next album will only be available on Tidal. Now, if you remember, um, just a few weeks ago or a month ago or so, Prince pulled all of his music from most of the streaming services. I think he, he only left it on Tidal and Google Play music i don't know why specifically google play music maybe <laughs> makes a ton of revenue there but here's a quote from the article after one meeting it was obvious that jay-z and the team he has assembled at title recognize and applaud the effort that real musicians put into their craft emphasis me <laughs> real musicians use title that's what i <laughs> take from this yeah, there's yeah, it's sort of like when a stupid politician will talk about real America. You know, yeah, in our campaigns, as if there's parts of the country that aren't real. Um, yeah, so I I do want to note later in that same article. It's not that long of an article. Um, Prince also notes that this arrangement with Title is non-exclusive, so he can do whatever he wants outside of Title, and I think that's part of the real story and even though i i really doubt that apple or spotify would make him be exclusive either because who else is exclusive to these services yeah. pretty much no one um but prince is prince gonna prince um <laughs> it's it it seems like you know in a year the the field's gonna thin out a bit and if i had to place my bets it's gonna be spotify and apple music yeah. surviving and Google will keep floating things because they can. Um, maybe the same for Amazon, but it's, there's going to be a, a kind of a culling of all the competitors pretty soon, I think. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of exclusive, I just bumped this topic up here. Um, we can probably expect some premium-only content on Spotify soon, or um, at, at least some rumors, some insider rumors are there um, that... They are trying to gate some of the music or some of the content behind uh, the the premium model. Now, it's not clear how they're going to gate it. Is it just a timed exclusive? Is it going to be completely exclusive to those? 
or just uh, a bunch of songs from an album that are listen uh, that you can listen to if you're only um, on on the free tier. Maybe I could imagine that um they they did they have to, uh, th there was some some um is it Google Play that where you can only listen to a song for like three times and then it, you can't listen to it or what? Which one was it? Uh, not sure. But I remember some some service where you could play any song for three times and then you would have to buy it. So that would be another option. But um, whatever they're going to do, we can expect something like that in the future. I just don't want it to get really complicated. Like, yeah. I don't have to think really hard about, well, how many times, like, you know, you go to the New York Times and they're like, you get four more articles or or something like that. And, you know, the, the end result is usually I'm going to go somewhere else or I'm going to go, you know, I'll read articles another place or I'll listen to a different song. Sorry, I'm not going to navigate yeah. a complicated pay structure. Um That said, I'm on Spotify Premium now, so maybe I won't have to think about it. Yeah. And and um, you put here that it, it's kind of similar to the console was in a music streaming style. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this one game is only on Xbox. Uh, there's, yeah. there's, there's enough games. I'll play a different game. Yeah. I, I think I've never bought, bought a console just for one single game. I think that that'd have to be a backlog, a catalog of, of many games until I was, okay, now I'm going to buy it. Yeah, like after is, a decade of Naughty Dog games, you're finally like, all right, time to play yeah. these. Um, <laughs> the other thing is the kind of music that tends to be exclusive, tends to be music I don't give a single shit about. So it'll be, you know, Taylor Swift or What's-Her-Face from No Doubt. Um, uh, Gwen Stefani? Yeah, we'll release a single and it'll be like, only on Apple Music. And I'll be like, don't care. Don't care. No Doubt was better anyway. <laughs> I'll agree with that. Um, so this other thing I found today um, was a uh, beach house. I, I apparently I follow them on Facebook because I saw one of their posts, and apparently they paid enough to reach me as one of their <laughs> followers. Um, but uh, they they made a post because they're going on tour this fall, and they they linked to their tour page and very cleverly on the tour dates page of buy tickets. Um, there's this new tool they wanted to advertise, which was a set list tool where you could request the three songs you care most about hearing from them. And, uh, they were selling this as, you know, we play a lot of songs on tour and, you know, we can't play every song every night. Um, but if the people in a certain area really want to hear something we did 10 years ago and everyone wants it, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. And I think that's totally awesome. And it would make me even more excited to go to a show if I thought I had, you know, it wasn't like they said build our entire set list, but, um, you'd have a vote on, you know, that thing in the encore that you just got to hear. And, uh, you know, I was thinking if I had a tour, I would probably like having a tool like that too. To, yeah. To, to send out and let people have some participation in choosing stuff. Yeah. I would definitely use something like that. I'm, I'm always unsure when I build up a set list that um i try to pick the songs that work best live which are not necessarily the best songs for me if i'm just listening to an album but um, it has to work live but maybe the audience has a very different perspective they i mean they have to hear the song differently than you do because you made the song can't really distance yourself from that so it's great to have some crowdsourcing tools to to actually build up the playlist i mean i would actually have them build the whole playlist and see what happens then and just yeah. uh, try to rearrange them to make a, a, a 
yet to make a coherent so song structure so you don't uh, switch around between moods between every song but yeah um I, th i think it's a very neat idea i hope some i hope more artists are going to start doing something like that and if if i were going to a beach house show they, they aren't coming to denver unfortunately this fall but if they were i would request the song tokyo witch off their debut album And uh, about six years ago, when I was messing around with Final Cut Express, that used to be a program, um, I, I made a, a quote-unquote music video for that song, which was basically a long take with my crappy you know, 720p handheld point-and-shoot. <laughs> and uh, I just decided to totally fuck up this footage with random color, like really extreme distorted colors and... Um, eventually some cheesy effects and uh apparently some people on the internet weren't having it because <laughs> in nope. the the comment threads uh this wasn't high enough art for one of these guys who kind of decided to give me some pointers and tips and critiques and i replied saying yeah i was just playing around with final cut but thanks for your comments <laughs> yeah you better deliver a ten thousand dollar worth of music video if you put something <laughs> on youtube can't have any of that Yeah, we know YouTube's a, a bastion of really, really well-produced, high-quality content yeah. and not vertical phone videos at yeah. all. Yeah, and the comments really mirror that that uh, <laughs> quality very well. Oh, God. Um, tell me about this Dr. Dre pavement faded myth thing. What is this? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not really following Dr. Dre Um But apparently there was an album in the works for a very, very long time uh, in the way that people have described it as the Chinese democracy of hip hop. <laughs> and now he basically decided that, yeah, I'm not gonna, going to release it. I don't like the way it is. I don't, I don't like how it came out. I don't I just don't want this released. And so now this is a lost album because it doesn't really exist. The problem is that um, people rumored it to be the best album of all times, although you have never heard anything of it. <laughs> you, there's no, I, as far as I read from this article, there is no leak. There is no, there, there's no nothing. It's just, oh, there was going to be this album, but now it's not going to be there. It's not like um, we had w the situation we had with The Last Guardian on, on PS3 that you had a trailer, you could expect something from that and then it didn't exist for a long time. No, this is basically nothing. No one has heard a single note from that album, but it's lost. And now we have to talk about it. We got to talk about this because um, what are we going to do in this situation now that this album doesn't exist? I mean, how can I go on with my life? <laughs> the sarcasm is heavy with you. Um, and this article goes on to describe other famous lost albums, whether it's Brian Wilson's Smile or... Uh, apparently some pavement album and uh you know some quotes from some other artists about losing or deciding not to release things and kind of the dynamic with the audience of it increases the fervor and the hunger and the desire to hear something because you've been forbidden it whether by accident or intention and i i recall um the the guitar player from death cab for cutie was producing a solo album um, and he very famously had his hard drives confiscated trying to come into the U.S. from Canada. And uh, so he lost his recording and, and he never got the hard wow. drives back, which is terrible. Um, but, you know, he pushed through and actually re-recorded -re the album. And then the album came out and I thought it was terrible. <laughs> it was like <laughs> a huge letdown. And I'm not like the biggest Death Cab fan, but he was always kind of famous because he's like, he's, 
he's a guitar player, but he always produced their album. So it was always kind of the novelty of it, it wasn't a friend or someone they hired, but like in the band, they, they produced their own albums. And uh, it was always one of the features of their recordings was that it, it was self-produced. And then he makes his own album and it was called Field Manual and it was just bad. I'm sorry. But it just was not a good album. Yeah. But there's something there to the, the scarcity, especially the, I mean, we, we talked about this on another Bits and Pieces, I think, unless it was Flipping Tables and I'm blurring it, um, that, you know, there's something about scarcity that like drives up interest and excitement. I remember that Skrillex once had this uh, situation where I think one of his laptops or something was stolen or it broke down or like he didn't have a backup or something and lost not only his project files of the songs he already had, but also the album that he was just producing. Now, um, I don't know if he just reproduced the album or if he was, if he said, okay, let's leave it at that. But I don't remember be, being a big stink, uh, there being a big stink in the news about uh, that album never releasing. But uh, I mean, Dr. Dre is maybe a different different thing there. <laughs> As I said, I, I don't really follow the guy. I'm, uh, I know he makes headphones and that's it. <laughs> Beats by Dre. Um, <laughs> another little bit of news. Uh, the actress uh, Haley Steinfeld debuted a pop single called Love Myself. And this is a, a girl positive pop song about not, not worrying about what other people think. And you've uh, heard okay. this kind of, you know, I there's been a I, few of these. <laughs> I thought it was something not safe for work. <laughs> yeah that kind of loving yourself um and i have to say I, I listened to it i don't know if you found a way around game of to listen to it no after your comment here in our doc um i didn't find the the energy to seek it out somewhere else um didn't seem um, worth it uh yeah the song is sadly kind of a, a generic overproduced anthem pop crap that will probably do very well um but I don't mean to sound so cynical. I do like her as an actress. She was in the Coen Brothers uh, remake of True Grit, and she was fantastic in that movie. Um, and she was also in Ender's Game, which uh, was okay. <laughs> See Flipping Tables episode two for that. Yeah. <laughs> Lions felt a little more strongly about hating that. That movie was okay. Um, no, um but what is it? Let, let me get all '90s stand-up comedian here. What is it with all those actors doing music? Yeah, has it ever gone really well? I guess uh, Ryan Gosling's album was pretty good. Yeah, um, Jared Leto was, I think, the other way around, right? And um, I don't know which way does uh, did Will Smith go, and was his music any good? <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe Will Smith was music first, but his sitcom, The Fresh Prince, was pretty yeah. early in his life. Um, the other person that just came to mind was Mark Wahlberg or Marky Mark. Um, are you familiar with his music career before he was an actor? No, not at okay, all. Okay, look up Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and we'll talk next <laughs> week about it. I'm not making this up. Okay. Um, I already like the artist picture on Wikipedia. <laughs> looks very 90 it's like i just came back from the from the hardware shop let's do some hip-hop <laughs> yeah he was a full-on american hip-hop crew <laughs> how do you mother for me 
And then our last bit of news here before we go into our new uh, into our new segment, FX Plane. This is my jam is shutting down this September. I had never used this is my jam before. I've heard the name of the website before, but I never gotten to use it. So I actually had to read up on how it works. Apparently, it worked like that that you just picked one song. You you had one song you could pick any day and you could change it and this was your jam and so other people who followed you could see oh so this is his jam today or this week and it, it, it stayed there for at most seven days until you had to pick a new one and so it was like a curated playlist so to speak of anybody you follow but they only had a choice of one song each and it seems like this this um, paradigm of, of limiting yourself, like with Vines being only seven seconds long or Snapchat where everything gets deleted. It seems like they go like, okay, let's, let's just limit something to the bare minimum and people are going to use it. And apparently people used it. Um, I don't know. Did you, do you have any experience with This Is My Jam? No, I'd never heard of it. I, I do like the idea of you know, people have too much, like, you know, I've had people that recommend music to me and it's just a bombardment of like, here's a playlist of 500 songs. And I'm just like, Whoa, or, you know, just, it's just too often, or here's an entire album. And they aren't saying this is one of the best albums as a whole album. They're just like not taking the time to decide what to expose you to. And they just throw it at you. And, um, the idea that people can't do that and have to have to be more selective. I like, I hate the phrase, this is my jam. That just, I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't even. Um, but I, I, you know, me and my brother, I had a, <clears throat> a phrase whenever like we're trying to throw an album at each other or a new artist is, uh, you, you got to pick the evangelism song, the song that gets you into the artist and makes you interested to check out the rest of their stuff. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're carrying that principle forward with pick of the week. That, you know, we don't get to pick five songs and, and talk about, you know, endlessly so much stuff. Um, we got to find one thing that we think is really good. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell you that yet, but uh, in memory of This Is My Jam, I was going to rename our picks of the week to These Are, These Are Our Jams. Um, I think <laughs> I'm going to scratch that out again. Uh, so let's head into FX Plane. I was going to go with the time stretching and pitch scaling because I love the effect. I think it's very interesting. It's very useful and kind of experimental sometimes. Problem was while I was researching that topic that um, those algorithms are really complicated. And I wouldn't uh, say that I could explain those in within 15 minutes on a podcast so I decided to go with something that I'm more familiar with and a little more simple in the in the way it's implemented, and that is the delay. And if you've heard anything I've ever touched, you will know how a delay sounds because it's probably on every track um, because delay is cool. And I think we talked about this when we had Benji on the show of like, what's your trademark thing that you do? And it's definitely the delay. So... Just to explain how a delay works. I mean, we all know what a delay is from our everyday language. But in audio terms, the delay can be just simply delaying a signal, but also having the signal playback and having a delayed signal played back once again. So you get like an echo effect. So most people would probably call a delay an echo effect, but you can do way more than that than just a simple echo. Um, 
So the typical controls you have are um, you can set the time of the delay. So, of course, you can have a fast delay. You can have a delay that takes five seconds to repeat. Like There's may- mostly no limit, especially when you go into the digital realm. Then you have a feedback knob. Um, so, as I said just now, if you, if you set the feedback to zero, that just means that you get the delay once. You hear the sound, and then you get the delayed signal, and that's it. But you can, um, yeah, you can turn up the feedback until let's say 100%, you would get the same loop over and over again. So you would never lose the signal. It would never get quieter. But somewhere in between, you get the sweet spot where you hear the echo like five or six times and it gradually gets quieter and quieter. And um, this is where most of the users of a delay are. Yeah, and then uh, you usually get the dry-wet or um, a similar um, similar knob with a similar function where you can say, I want this amount of the dry signal, of just the signal going through, and this amount of the wet signal where you get the echoes. And depending on how it's implemented, you can say, I only want the wet signal or I want them at the same volume. And um, there, there are some pretty great things that you can get from just playing around with that knob alone if you only leave those those other two alone. And then there are a thousand of different ways to to implement that delay. So um, in the early days, what they actually did was they hooked up a tape machine in a loop. So you, ha- you had a single tape that was looping and you could set the record and playback heads on that tape to different to a different distance, which would set the time. So you would actually really record on a piece of tape and just play that back all the time. And you could also have multiple playback hats. So you would record on, on one end of the tape and playback at different places of the tape. So that's where the, the delay came from and the feed. So what we would do now with the feedback was just playing the sound multiple times from different uh, places on the tape. At some point, people decided that was a little bit cumbersome. So <laughs> we got, got into circuits and we had the solid state delay, which was basically a circuit where you could have um, a little bit more control. It wasn't analog. It didn't deteriorate. It got a little bit more controlled. Then, of course, with the advent of um, digital digital effects, we got into the digital delay where you actually had a little bit of... um, uh, Actually, the the sound was kind of saved in there in in a kind of buffer. Uh, We explained that last time with with the uh, streaming services where you could play it back. And this is what's actually most of the time happening in in computers, of course. As you got into the digital realm, you got a lot more flexibility. Within all this evolution, people actually started to use the delay as a looper. And we've also talked about loop machines a whole lot. So you could actually just set the delay to 100% and already have some kind of looper. But it's really static. It's not very flexible. So people um, kind of built looper functionalities in those delays, uh, delay pedals because the things you need for that are kind of the same. You just have to control it in a different way. You have to say, now restart recording and now keep repeating that recording and it would work. So there's, there's all these kinds of delay, but what, what delay is really good for, um, in my experience, is it, it can make things sound more exotic or strange or give some depth or, you know, help something pop out in different ways. Um, it's really an interest adder for me. And, you know, two main examples is I'll just slap delay on vocals because it just sounds really cool when a voice has delay. And sometimes that can be a very short delay, like where it's almost imperceptible. It just adds a little bit, helps the voice kind of pop out. 
But sometimes you can get pretty extreme. Um, one of the Timber Tamber songs I uh, featured uh, probably a month or two ago had a really strange vocal delay that was very, you know, drew you in. It was very interesting. Um, kind of sucked you into the song. Um, I also just love, uh, if, you, if you're using any sort of keyboard part that has a very fast attack and decay, like a very staccato kind of part, um, throw in delay on that, piano keys, um, anything of that sort. Um, I, that's one of my go-to when I just want to mess around with a keyboard. I just throw some kind of rhythmic delay, whether it's quarter notes or eighth notes, and uh, just start tapping chords and melodies out and just kind of hearing what happens. Um, both of those things are just fun to play with. Yeah. And we got some examples for all those cases you just, you just mentioned. Uh, let, let's just start with the rhythmic delay that you just said. So, um, I also like to do that, like having some, some very decaying sound and putting like a rhythm on it through mostly I, I like to use dotted eight notes because then you get a really, really shuffling rhythm sometimes. So let's just have an example of that right now. So as you can hear, basically all the notes that, that are being played are just quarter notes. It's just four notes per measure. But this delay fills it up really big. And you don't even really have to think about the melody at this point anymore. Like the melody writes itself in, in a way. Yeah. And it made it sound like it was fully arpeggiated. Yeah, although it wasn't. So it, it's really great to, to fill up something. So if you have just a very simple, very slow uh, um, melody... Just slap a delay on there and, and play around a bit with the rhythm or the timing and you can get some really interesting melodies that you wouldn't have thought of probably without without a delay on there. And um, yeah, then the, the Timber Tamas song you mentioned. So you can get, a if, if you turn down the, the delay time really, really short, you can get into this territory where it sounds really strange. Like in, in a sub-millimeter, uh, sub-millisecond uh, range, you get this doubling effect. So some people like to use it to, to double their, their tracks. So if you're very lazy about not wanting to re-record a guitar part of, <laughs> if the guitarist isn't there for you to re-record it, the most simple way or the simplest way to, um, to double something in the track is just copy it, pan it all the way to the, to the other uh, end of the speaker. And delay it by some amount, and you already got a doubling effect. Now it can mess up the mono signal a little bit. So if you were to listen yeah, to might, the whole song in mono, yeah, you might have to play with your phase um, yeah. reversal. Um, yeah, and I, I do want to point out um, the the one recording class I was in in college. I remember the the teacher explaining delay and saying that it's around twenty five to thirty five milliseconds is when you can start hearing a delay like it actually yeah. sounds like separate sounds right and um, anything less than that it's it's way more subtle yeah and um especially with the example that i've queued up here um this is also the the territory where the delay can actually work a little bit like a reverb so if you have a very tight space like a bathroom people like to uh, compare it to the sound of a tiled bathroom um, that you get this very tinny delay and this has to do with the, with the fact that a reverb usually has some early reflections. So like the first sound that bounces back to you from, from the nearest wall or something, that's what's called an early reflection. And that's basically just a delay because the reverb doesn't set in right at, right at the same time. 
And um, so you can get that effect with just a delay. And I've got an example right here that shows that. So that was Patterns with Higher Grounds. Um, I wasn't there with, uh, when they recorded that song because I, I only saw the band live once. But um, I'm pretty sure that there, is, there isn't really a, a reverb on that guitar track. It's just a delay that's set really short with, let's say, about 50% of feedback. And then it just fades into the background again. And um, I... There was only one song that I actually used that, but I really like the fact, but I can't use it. You can't use it everywhere. You can't overuse it. Um, patterns like to overuse it, but um, <laughs> maybe that's just a stylistic device. I mean, every band has one. So as I said, especially with the digital realm, although I think you can do it with a regular tape, um, you can also do a reverse delay where you can imagine like um, if, if you have a tape and you're recording in one direction, you're actually playing it back in the, in, in the different direction. And which makes very crazy and very hard to control reverse delay. So my delay pedal that I have, I always try to to use the reverse delay in there, but I've never gotten to use it because it's so hard to control. <laughs> and um, it's I think it's very much easier to do when you're recording something and you can really quantize it. But in a live setting, you basically have to tap the the um, the tempo of the delay non-stop because you can really easily desync with the with the delay itself as i said really hard to control but very psychedelic effect yeah. That sound reminds me of some Ratatat songs. It seems like they play with reversing guitars yeah. a lot, yeah. and uh, yeah, guitars like like whether it's a note or a chord, like a, a you know a half note or a whole note, tends to do better with reversal because you get to feel the full wipe of the um, yeah. the sound building. Um, pianos also do really well with reverse. I've found, yeah. So don't do it with symbols. It's too cheesy. There's no way to pull it <laughs> off. <laughs> Unless you have that big transition right before the last chorus. <laughs> yeah. And and then there's, um, with some delays, you ha can have this, um, I call it the scrubbing effect or scratching effect, where um, you play something into the delay and have really high feedback so it doesn't fade away instantly. And then you start playing around with the with the time with the with the, or with the rhythm knob and um you get this effect where the playback doesn't really know where to go anymore because you're changing the place where you're playing it back the whole time which kind of evolves into this thing like you were scratching a vinyl or some people are actually doing the same thing with tapes i i know holy fuck like to do those and um i really love that so it's a very messy noise and you can get a rhythm out of it and I don't know if I have a sample of this right here on my hard drive because I'm not recording the Salt the Sky songs anymore. But um, there is a, there are many songs where I use that effect, and if I find one, I'm going to play it right here. So, any anything more to add? I think 
I'm down with my uh, yeah. notes here. I think, I mean, delay, thankfully, even though it can get very complex and you can do very, very com- like interesting things with it, um, it's something I think people get and understand, and it's it's a very pleasant sound. And uh, thankfully, it's easier than ever with pretty much any DAW anywhere or um, even a lot of guitar pedals or, or even some amps come with some functionality to, to add your yeah. own delay. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's one of the most accessible effects, I think, because you get instant, well, not literally, but instant feedback <laughs> to uh, know know what it sounds like and uh, yeah, quickly make something cool. Yeah. Um, so pick of the week. Uh, I think I'll go first this week. Yeah, what's the gem? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I picked a song by Aqueduct called As You Wish, and uh, I discovered this through uh, a Spotify a radio station, and I, I had heard of, heard of Aqueduct. I think my brother's about six. Yeah, Aqueduct. Uh, ducked. Um, my, my brother's uh, tried to share it with me probably five or ten years ago, and I never really tried them out. And then this song comes on the radio, and I was like, this is a totally cool song. So let's just hear a little bit of As You Wish. But for Right at the end there, the way he gleefully says, Reese's Buttercups. Is, <laughs> um, this song was in my head all day after I discovered it and just kept bouncing around up in my head. Um, it's uh, it's basically a four-chord song, so that's part of it. But there's something to the the playfulness of it. I, I, read, up, I read about it, and um, it makes total sense that it's a, kind of a celebration of the Princess Bride. There's lots of phrases from that movie in the lyrics and uh, kind of the biting sarcasm and wit of, you know, it sounds kind of like this lovey-dovey happy song, and then it's like, no, I'm going to kill you in the morning. <laughs> and uh, the the forced marriage in the movie is kind of full of that kind of wit of, I hate you, but <laughs> this is apparently being forced to happen. And, uh, you know, th- there's lots to like about the, the way they, they mix the song together. Um, the, the vocals are never in the middle, so I, I just thought that was interesting and um, you know, this call and answer is panned hard left and right, and it it, it kind of stays that way the entire song. Yeah, I also thought that that was just the perfect excuse to pan those vocals away from the center, which usually doesn't really happen that much in, in popular music. And um, as you said, like, there's, there's really not a lot going on in the center anyway. I mean, you usually want to have the bass and, and the kick drum in the center for, for mixing reasons, but... Other than that, yeah, the center was very, very, yeah, free in that sense. So, um, if you, if you listen to this with headphones, it's really apparent how everything's like somewhere on the sides, but it doesn't get imbalanced, which is most, mostly the time, uh, the, the problem when you start to pan very, very, um, important elements of the mix to one of the sides. So usually gotta re- be really careful with that, but I think they pulled it off very nice, very nicely. And also, like, right in the beginning of the song, somewhere there is this moment where they start to slow down and stop for a second and then start going again. And I, and I really love those stop-and-go moments in songs. They also don't happen all that much, 
you can't do them all, all all too much and so they get cheesy but this is a case where it really got me interested in the track right away yeah they basically do one little stanza and then there's a an immediate crescendo at the ending line mm. of the stanza and then boom we're going again yeah so what was your pick of the week my pick of the week is Julius Gale with Jacob Staff. Um, I discovered that song through um, this guy who we talked about once, who I featured as Like Lovers, who has a recording studio. And he likes to upload sessions of the, the people who record stuff in his studio. And I really liked it so much, so I had to pick it. Although there was a kind of connection to, to something I picked before there. But it sounds a little bit different. So it's kind of an electro-pop, electro-rock. Not really rock because there's no guitar in it, but it has its vibe to it. And um, what I what I found interesting about this song is that it sounds really analog. So there's a lot of little things that are detuned and, and kind of fading um, in, or decaying in a way that I remember those mostly from analog synths. And, um, and also what I like is is the whole rhythm so it's it's kind of shuffling all the time and the bass isn't really playing with the with the most pronounced notes of the rhythm so it the bass goes all over the place with the rhythm and i really like something like that where um you can really listen and just this this um syncopation of the bass is really interesting so let's have just a little bit of that song right here This shit lot for some gold Behind stone wall He waits for peace to unfold He sees rainfall And risks his life for a call From home, from home, from home No wonder So if I didn't tell you before playing that Would you have heard that this was a live recording? No, it's, it's super high quality, well produced So, you know, it very well could have been a studio mix and um, also what I like in this video is that the drummer actually doesn't really have a snare drum in front of him. So he only has like this uh, little drum pad with six pads on it, um, which I think makes sense if you're in an electro rock band. So sometimes you don't really want the classic snare sound. So why even put the, uh, put a snare there in the first place? Yeah. Um, so just from the mere fact mm -hmm. that I, I have one of these microphones, I instantly saw mm -hmm. in the video that... The, the singer's using a Shure SM7 and just like, yes. Um, and if you're doing a live recording like this, it, it's not a bad mic to choose because a dynamic mic will help cancel out a lot of the, the other room stuff. Whereas if you're multi-tracking this and recording separately, maybe you'd go for a, a condenser in a controlled environment. Um, I'll be honest, this this song, the, the genre, the, the sounds in the song, a lot of it is not my cup of tea. Um, it kind of occurred to me that it was kind of like a like an eighties song, like some some aspects of it, but also kind of like a John Mayer kind of vocal styling or something. And uh, it's it's not usually what gets me going, but there are. Um, it wasn't in your sample, but some of the synth layers that kind of wash over later parts of the song, I, I do enjoy quite a bit, and I could see just kind of laying down and letting that happen in the room and uh, enjoying it. Um, yeah. 
So that's it with Bits and Pieces episode 28. As always, we are going to put those songs into our Spotify playlist if available. I don't know if that uh, Julius Gale song is already out there yet. Um, if you try to follow us on Apple Music, you've heard the story. We are not going to keep <laughs> syncing that. But as always, you can find this playlist and our show notes on sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 28. And while you're there, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to us using your favorite podcatcher. On iOS, you might want to use Overcast FM or just the regular podcast app. On Android, you can use Podcast Addict or Pocket Casts. And um, we also like feedback, so tweet at us. We are here all day long. We are in different time zones, so one of us is going to be awake any 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 time of the day. So, Mike, you are at Madwoods Music, and I'm at Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. You can also support us directly at Patreon, patreon.com slash sunrise robot. There are a little bit, uh, there are some rewards there. One of those is getting named on the show, getting a shout out. So with that, very special thanks to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange. So see you next week. All right.